welcome to episode 70 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? We've gotten so many messages lately about you saying that. Oh, should I, do I need to stop? No, no, people loving it. Oh, okay. That's it, good. It was sort of this weird thing we started doing when when we got BIM, where we'd say it to her and then it yeah. just... How you do? I know, so weird. <laughs> so weird. So to kick things off this week, we need to thank our newest Patreon subscribers. Are you ready? Uh, yep. We would like to thank Lottie Ballantyne. Coralie. Mo Carey. Sherry Morgan. Ali Skinner. Holly M. Taryn Voorhis Beeman. Cassidy Wolf. Elizabeth. Emma Gray. Marie Sterling. Claire Iona. Joseph F. Murray III. Shelby. Nick Tarpley. Tammy. Matthew Collins. Desiree Cisneros. Not bad. Rebecca Kelly. Kate Shum, which Thank I read you. as scum. I'm so glad I didn't read that loud. <laughs> Kate Shum. People feel like it's some sort of personal vendetta <laughs> yeah. you had against Kate. <laughs> Thank you all so much for being our newest Patreon subscribers. We massively appreciate it. We really, really do. So our film review this week is Brahms The Boy 2. Brahms The Boy 2 was released in 2020. It has 4.3 out of 10 on IMDb and an absolutely outstanding 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Are you ready for a synopsis? I am. And then I'll vent about Rotten Tomatoes. When a young family moves to the Heelshire's residence, terror strikes when a boy from the family discovers a doll called Brahms that appears to be eerily human. What were your thoughts was on this film? <laughs> yep, that's it. Um, my thoughts on this film was that it was not 9% bad. I beg to differ, but continue. No, it clearly wasn't. It clearly wasn't. If you think about the worst 10% of films you've seen, it was not in there. Well, continue anyway. Yeah. Um, also, it's made me realise that I actually have some kind of weird trauma to do with dolls because it wasn't scary but i felt really out of sorts all the way through it and when we got home i couldn't i couldn't handle it couldn't handle that doll no you really couldn't no and it was weird because i wasn't particularly scared of the film but the doll i just couldn't deal with it and it left me really unsettled because <laughs> we've watched so many films over the last year and a bit where they have been genuinely really upset really upsetting or really unsettling yeah and then we've had to like watch something nice before we go to bed yeah. or watch some cartoons or something but you felt like that after this film because when I we really got home did. you were like oh i'm not okay after that no. and i was like why it was but it wasn't awful. even it, the thing was it wasn't the film it was it was just i was just the doll the doll the constant images of the doll was just too much too much for me. My brain can handle it. Brahms the doll is genuinely scary. I will give the doll Brahms that. Those. The doll is scary. The film was awful. I did not realise Katie Holmes was such a bad actress. The script <laughs> was really bad. Like it was just, they were, they had dialogue in the film that you would never ordinarily have in real life. And it just felt really forced. Let's go on a nature walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dad was really um, overtly chipper throughout the whole thing. And just wasn't very, he wasn't very, he was the worst actor out of all of them, I think. Katie yeah. Holmes was very sort of like, she's got two expressions and that's it. Slightly slightly scared, happy, and then just scared, or like negative face. Yeah. The little boy was brilliant. Yeah, really I good. thought he was really good. Warning, there is a spoiler alert. So if you don't spoil the film, skip on about five minutes. The minute... Brahms physically started to move. I lost all interest in this film. The first boy film 
where you never saw Brahms move, but you were under the impression that Brahms moved was, I mean, that is, I think that's a well done horror trope, you know, the psychology of it. But when you physically see this fucking thing's eyeballs moving, it's like, oh God, just smash it to bits. That's all you need to do if you think the doll is moving. I'm not, I just wasn't really that bothered by the whole thing. Found it boring. I didn't think it was boring. I think you're a bit harsh on some things. Shitty films being one of them. But it wasn't as good as the first one, I don't think. And what I made, agree. What was good about the first one was that it was grounded in reality. And then actually what this, this again, spoiler, but what what this film is saying is actually, no, it was actually the power of the doll all along that sent him crazy, sent the man in the walls crazy. I Which don't know, completely I don't know how went I against everything the first film had set up. And interestingly, I saw a review of it because obviously I Googled it to see when the, the film screening times were then my Google feed was clearly full of fucking stuff about the boy too. And uh, this reviewer was like, this is one of the only films I've ever seen that was so bad. It destroyed all the credibility of the, of the first film. And I have to say, I, I just, the first film was definitely much better. And the first film was not fucking great. No, the first film was, was, was all right. I thought the one thing I did like about this film was the opening scenes. So when they're before the doll gets introduced, I actually thought that was quite a interesting thing to do with the home invasion and yeah, set, where the trauma comes from. It set the seed in a lot of trauma, yeah. which I yeah, that was clever. That was interesting. I enjoyed it as a as as a as a precedent for the rest of the film. I just want to <laughs> make a point of telling everybody that Dan has just stripped it's really hot from the waist up, and I it's not that hot. You're so so it's dramatic. Warm, it's, warm it's all that talk about dolls. Get you all worked up. So, yeah, I've uh, but that again was ruined by the presence of the father, who just was too odd. He was a very odd character. I just, yeah, I just found and another spoiler alert: they do smash the doll up, and inside the doll is this terribly CGI'd sort of Voldemorty type demony thing. And you know what? I said this when I was driving home. If I smashed the doll up and that that was the best you could come up with. Like surely you'd think if you smashed the doll up to make it really frightening it would release some sort of entity that wasn't quite palpable. But no, they smashed the doll up and inside it is Voldemort for some reason. Uh, I was just very... I was was very very mixed around that scene because I was so happy that finally someone had taken some steps with one of these haunted dolls to smash it to shit. I agree, yeah. And then should have done it an hour previously. Was but... completely disappointed that as soon as they saw the black thing, they didn't just keep going. Yeah, why would you <laughs> stop? They just keep smashing, bam, 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 and then yeeted it into the fire. Done. Yeah. Job done. Okay, so Matt pointed me in the direction. I know I keep referencing him, but he pointed me in the direction of a podcast called Boo Crew. Okay, and they had and the first episode that I listened to of them was with the director of Brahms. Okay, interesting. Uh, and the writer, and he's actually obviously he wrote the first boy film but he also wrote the devil inside and a film called stay alive and one called where as well he's he's an okay writer it was very positive about the boy and everything but i did learn some interesting facts would you like to hear them go so they had three dolls so there's three of those dolls in existence yeah there's a carryable one so it's light so that okay, the that makes sense, can carry yeah. it around there's an animatronic one and then there's just a regular one okay Okay, so three dolls. None of them were haunted. That's from the director. He okay. pretty much said that if they were haunted, he wouldn't have carried on. Um, 
And you know the eyes of the doll, this is the most interesting fact, the eyes of Brahms are actually eye, glass eyes that they give to humans. So oh. he ordered them from the glass eye company because he wanted them to look as... As human as possible. Yeah. So they're actually glass okay, eyes. Okay, that's a cool... That, yeah. I mean, that is, that is cool. I'll give you that. And... Okay. He has pictures of Robert the doll up in his office. Don't know why you do that, but he does. Probably should score it. So what would you score it out of five? For all those bingo players out there, three stars. I'm going to score it a two. Oh, see? So it's not 9% worth of film, is it? I, I was very hesitant about that two, though. Maybe it was a one. I don't know, because actually I had just eaten a load of Nando's. So I was quite, <laughs> so you're quite content anyway. I was quite full and content <laughs> when I went to see the film. So I don't know if it was a true reflection of how I felt about it. I just, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it, to be perfectly honest. Somebody left us a review this week that was very positive until they got to the fact that we um, apparently need to have a lot to learn about film reviews. And um, yeah, I agree, because I my, I judge a film based on whether or not I fall asleep during it. I solely it. judge a film based on the movie poster they put out in cinemas. Or whether or not there's dolls in it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Still can't believe you took me to see that in the cinema. Happy date night. I mean, that was at least a... An evening and a night that I was troubled by that film and it wasn't even scary. These are the things that we do for the podcast. So our story this week. This week, on account of the fact that we saw Brahms 2, we are going to be talking about probably tied for the most famous haunted doll in existence, which is the gorgeous Robert the Doll. Are you ready? No, no, no. Why are you doing this to me again? I'm trying to tie in my films with the theme for the episode each week. But we week. did a doll like two weeks ago. I know, and we're going to do another doll, babe. I need to not say that sentence ever again. But <laughs> we're going to talk about another doll and we're going to talk about Robert the doll. You would not believe the amount of messages I've gotten in the last year being like, have you heard of Robert the doll? I think you should do an episode. Well, here you are, people. Oh, I don't. Thanks. Is there any way I can just get Bim, put her on my seat in front of the mic and just go somewhere else for a bit? I would spot the difference, I think. Oh, okay. After a while. Okay. After a lot of silence, okay. I would I would begin to wonder. Oh. Robert Eugene Otto was his grandfather's pride and joy. He would be sure to bring him gifts from each and every place he visited. And Robert Eugene, affectionately known as Jean, got plenty of gifts. One fateful trip to Germany... Jean's grandfather was on the hunt for the most perfect gift for his special boy. He wanted something perfect, something unusual, something that Jean would never want to be parted with, something he would never forget. And he found it. The doll stood at 40 inches tall and was created by the Stife Bear Company, most likely to be part of a window display. He was stuffed with wood wool known as Excelsior. He is dressed in a sailor suit and once bore painted features not unlike those of a jester. His face was only vaguely human. His nub of a nose looked like a pair of pinholes. His eyes were beady and black. He wore a malevolent smirk. Clasped in his lap, he was holding his own toy, a dog with garish popping eyes and a too big tongue lolling crazily out of its mouth. Robert was most likely never intended to be sold as a toy. A Stife historian said that Robert was probably part of a set for a window display of clowns or jesters. 
Gene fell in love with the doll the moment he clapped eyes on him. He named him Robert, and the two became inseparable. When a child loves a toy to that degree, it is a situation that in its infancy is a joy to watch. Most adults envy the ability of a child to glean so much happiness from an inanimate object. The worries only really arise when the object seems somewhat less inanimate than previously suspected. Because Robert began to misbehave. Items would be moved around the house or go missing altogether. And Jean would steadfastly claim innocence, always stating, But it wasn't me, it was Robert. Initially, the adults laughed it off. But soon they began to notice strange things too. Robert would move from room to room. And his facial expressions began to change. When Jean grew up, he was described as an eccentric artist and lived in a mansion that became known as the Artist House. Jean continued to treat Robert as though he were not only real, but also an extension of himself. He spoke to and about Robert as though he was a real child. Children in the local area stayed away from the Artist House. Robert would sit perched in a window, and the local children swore that they would see Robert move disappear from one window and reappear in another. Jean died in 1974 and the house was purchased by Myrtle Router. She became caretaker of not only the estate but of Robert. Myrtle and others who visited the home would hear giggling and footsteps running in the attic of the home. Myrtle swore that Robert would move from room to room A plumber heard giggling and turned to find the doll had moved across the room on his own. Solaris Hill reporter Malcolm Ross visited Robert and said, It was like a metal bar running down my back. At first when we walked through the door, the look on his face was like a little boy being punished. It was as if he was asking himself, Who are these people in my room and what are they going to do to me? Ross's friend told him Robert's backstory and pointed out the children's furniture. It was at this point Malcolm noticed the change in the doll's expression, as if he was following the conversation. One of the men made a comment about what an old fool Jean Otto must have been, and Robert's expression changed to one of malevolent disdain. There was definitely some kind of intelligence there. The doll was listening to us, Ross later claimed. In 1994, Myrtle donated Robert to the Fort East Martello Museum, claiming that he moved around her house on his own and was definitely haunted. Myrtle died a few months later, but Robert remained active. Museum staff noticed a shift of energies at the Fort East Martello Museum. Though Robert was not initially on display, he started receiving visitors as word spread about his new residence. Once he was put on exhibit, cameras and electronic devices malfunctioned in his presence, and soon letters began arriving addressed to the doll offering apologies for disrespectful behaviour or asking forgiveness. Letters continued to arrive daily. Ghost hunters, TV shows, psychics, sceptics and believers visit Robert on a regular basis to witness firsthand the strange stories they have heard. Is Robert cursed by voodoo? Is he thriving on the energy placed upon him? Is he a misunderstood doll with a playful spirit? Or 
is he just a doll joined by the spirit of his lifelong companion? I don't, what is wrong with people? Like, this doll is moving around your house and instead of just getting rid of it, you donate it to a museum. Right? It's made, it said at the beginning, it's made of like wicker and straw. That thing would go up in an instant, have a bonfire, burn it outside, job done. Why are we keeping these things? Why is anybody keeping haunted dolls? Zach Bagans, burn them all. Get rid of your haunted dolls. If you have a haunted doll, throw it away. If your toys are haunted, get rid of them. Melt them. I'm not having it. It's pointless. <laughs> Why do these things still in existence? Why do people keep these things? Are you finished? Yeah. So do you think Robert the Doll is a real haunted yes. doll? Why? Because some things just are. <laughs> right? I, oh. I think Robert, in many ways, freaks me out more than Annabelle. Oh, interesting. Why? Because he's almost like a, for want of a better word, there's almost like a cult following around him. Like, like Annabelle is just like, oh, yeah, she's evil, blah, blah, blah. And, like, obviously hate her, don't want to go anywhere near her, definitely never want to meet her, get it, needs to be locked up, needs to be destroyed, really. But people are, like, writing letters apologising to a doll. So the... Interestingly, the research today came from the Robert the Doll website, which is robertthedoll.org, but also atlasobscura.com. And they interviewed the woman, the curator of the museum where Robert is now. And she was saying that people send gifts to Robert all of the time. Like they send sweets, they send chocolate, they send like all sorts of things. He gets around three letters every single day. And she writes back, <laughs> pretending to be him. If I got a... Oh my... <laughs> She does it because she said the kids write to him all the time. No, why are you taking your kids to see this thing? What is wrong with people? Oh my God. <laughs> There's like rules around them as well, right? Yeah, you have to ask his permission before you can take a picture of him. Because apparently cameras malfunction if you don't blah, 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 shite. And there's people who have it's like... It's not shite. There, was people, there are people who have said... Robert the Doll was responsible for my divorce. Robert the Doll was responsible for a car crash that I had on the way home. Blah, 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 blah. Probably, most likely, the responsibility for that person's divorce falls upon their complete belief that this haunted doll has the capacity to cause a divorce. Because it doesn't. Because it's not haunted. Because this situation is ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. But we have no evidence that there was anything wrong, in inverted commas, with this doll. No evidence whatsoever. I mean, there's like... Is he in a cage now? He's in, a gla- he's in a glass case. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, he's in a case. But there's like, some people believe that the doll was given to his grandfather as a means of like some sort of apology or a payment. There's other people who believe that the doll had um, some sort of voodoo stuff going on with it. Uh, none of which I believe. Because I just don't think it's true. I think it's an, uh, a legend that grew up in a small town and that has grown legs, as I always say. And that is how we have the legend of Robert the Doll. And if you're a museum curator and people are spending whatever a couple of dollars to get into your museum, I would be absolutely perpetuating this story, pushing it out there so people spend money to come to your museum. I'm not having that. And fundamentally, I mean, he's 111 years old. So fundamentally... He is a historical artefact. He is worthy of being in a museum. He shouldn't have been sold because the, the staff people said that he should have been a display doll and nothing nothing more than that. 
So he is a cute little part of historical artifact. Do I believe he's haunted? No. Do I believe he's particularly freaky looking? Yeah, I do. Would I be scared of him? No. Do we need to get you some sort of therapy for this I think fear of dolls? I think so. <laughs> um, I'm going to send Robert some post. Are you? Yeah, I'm going to send him a petrol bomb. <laughs> I just want to point out that was for a joke. I'm not actually going to do that just in case he does get petrol bombed at some point in the future. It's not me. It might yeah, be me. and loads of people die. And then you'll be like, oh God, that really wasn't me. And everyone will know. Yeah. Everyone will think it was you. But why don't you think something can be attached to an object? I just think it's slightly ridiculous i mean dolls fall into that same category as clowns don't they with the whole the uncanniness of their face is what freaks people out about them so much because as humans yeah, where like there's a bit of that a bit of that's got to do with like john wayne gacy and people as well wasn't it like actual oh, clowns, clowns so. yeah i mean john wayne gacy did not do much for the name of clowns really mm. nor did the joker for mm. that matter mm. you know so but it's that whole i, I read some research about why people are frightened of dolls and apparently it is to do with their frozen facial expressions that as humans we struggle to accept something who who that things that don't show emotion um and that uh, that are supposed to be representative of humans so it's kind of like like a evolutionary thing that we just don't really trust them so i get it like i get why people are frightened of clowns and or dolls but i don't understand the clowns are loads of emotion but their faces are painted yeah but the whole gimmick is about emotion isn't it like about laughing and making jokes and throwing custard pies yeah but they're permanently have a painted smile on their face i uh, see that's the point so it's a fixed emotion yeah okay so yeah i just don't i just think the whole thing is a little bit pointless but what about cursed objects Oh, I'm just not really bothered with it. But like voodoo dolls. Can't really be arsed. Well, to be fair, I don't know much about voodoo, so I can't comment. We are going to do a voodoo episode soon, by the way. But I just need to do loads of research because I don't want to do... I don't want to do voodoo and injustice by talking about it in in the way of stereotypes. Because I don't really know anything We're about it. talking voodoo. about Robert the Doll and doing him an injustice. You're going to have to write a letter of apology now if you want this podcast equipment to carry on working. I'm not going to write my letter of apology. And apparently we're already cursed because my aunt texted me this week and said, can you do me a favour please and sage your house and sage your podcast equipment? And I was like, okay. She doesn't listen to the podcast. But I was like, "Um, okay, I haven't done it. And then we've had some experiences in the house. But we're not going to talk about it because we're not going to give it attention until I decide that we're going to do a whole (laughs) episode about it. (laughs) And then Dan gets possessed and so on and so forth. I just can't just disrespect him, Robert. But just to let everybody know, you can get replicas of Robert the doll and Dan's birthday no, in July. No, don't. Why would you tell people to do that? We, I am every day. You go every time you go to the PO box. I am doing a little jig to the heavens, thanking that nobody so far has sent me a haunted doll or a doll of any description or anything mildly freaky. Why would you encourage that? behavior it's only a matter of time no don't say things like that i won't be able to handle it i'll move out i won't <laughs> would you like some new reviews to make you feel a bit better yeah are you okay you seem no. really annoyed at me yeah i'm not annoyed with you i just don't like the robert story and i don't like how you're just being so flippant about it i He'll just come don't get you he's not gonna come and get me and i just don't i just don't feel like it's that threatening 
It's, it's a doll that moves. Well, it's like you said, you could just set it on fire. It's, it's not got a big a cult deal. around him. I mean, the weird cult that grew up around him is strange. I'll give you that. But I'm not that What bothered. if he's indoctrinating children? It... <laughs> you don't know. You don't know what he writes back in those letters. I mean, I'm sure the woman who is writing the letters back on his behalf knows what she puts in them. But what is she writing, though? Because if they're writing to apologise to him, she like... Thank you for your apology. He would have regretted not doing it or something like that. Like, what is she writing back? Like, how do you make that sense? Thank you for your apology, but it's not accepted. (laughs) In order to appease me, you must do this, whatever it is. Make a blood sacrifice. (laughs) And the parents are like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, see, indoctrinating children. You don't know. It's a powerful doll. Even if it's not real, it's still powerful. It's weird. Our first review comes from. Jenny6522, and it is entitled A Stumble But A Good One. I listen all day every day at work to podcasts, and true crime and paranormal are my thing. You make me laugh out loud like an idiot with headphones in, and you cover new topics that can get repetitive across the genres. A good move with listener stories. You're well worth my time, and I've binged the lot in a week. Keep them coming. Similar to this paranormal life and red-handed in the UK. I've never listened to red-handed. Actually, that Is was it red-handed me. or red-handed in the UK? Oh, maybe it's red-handed in the UK. I don't, no, know. I don't know. I don't know. And the second one is... Thanks, Jenny. Hayley B, NYC. Engaging and unpretentious fun. It can be really hard to find podcasts about the supernatural where the hosts don't seem insane or like they take themselves too seriously. Only a few episodes in and I'm really enjoying the dynamic between the hosts and heard some brand new stories about Blackout Keys. Blackout Keys? Blackout Keys. <laughs> Blackout Bees. Black Eyed Kids Such a terrifying idea Real or not Thank you for your work And finally From Leslie Deverhart Thanks Hayley Or Leslie D Everhart I don't know which one it is Ghost story enthusiast New listener and I'm hooked I've never seen a ghost But I'm fascinated by people Who say that they have This is a really enjoyable Podcast They pick good themes Good stories And and are endearing hosts why thank you all so much for your reviews we love you thanks leslie if you are an apple podcast listener can you please go and leave us a review that would make us really happy and if you enjoyed this week's episode there are a million and one things that you can do to support us first things first you could join us on instagram at real life ghost stories and you could join dan on instagram at 50p movie club you can follow us on Twitter at Real Ghost Pod. You can join us on Facebook, Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast. Leave us a little like and a review, and you can join our supergroup or LGS supergroup, where the answer to the question is Emma and Dan and Tiny Bims. If you, you want. can send us your stories to Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast at gmail.com, and you can also support us on Patreon. If you've got a little spare cash money, you can support us on patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories where for five dollars a month you get a whole extra episode a week and for two dollars a month dan what do you get you get a episode of 50p movie club which is my podcast with dave keen formerly with will where we watch a really bad movie and we talk about it thanks is that right brilliant (laughs) stunning and on that note we shall see you next week bye